Buffy, these men are rich, and I am not being shallow. Think of all the poor people I could help with all my money. I'll go. You'll go? Great, I'll drive. Oh, Buffy, it's like we're sisters with really different hair. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Jim Was Cancelled, a Buffy podcast. I am Jess. And I am Stosh. And today we are talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Season 2, Episode 5, Reptile Boy. Reptile Boy. Before we get started, Stosh, do you have any clarifications or corrections that you'd like to make? I do, but I'm going to save them for the next episode because they're not done yet. (laughs) Okay. Do you have any? I do not. All right. So with that, and there's no guest today. I know. So with that, so alone, we did have a guest scheduled for this episode, but sadly there was a scheduling conflict. So we will be having that guest on a future episode, and we are very excited to have the Story Darlings podcast join us at a later date. So Sandra and Tara, just know that we missed you, but we are still excited to see you or to hear from you in the future. To work with you. Yes, thank you. To work with you in the future. I also am excited. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and get started with the summary. Straight into the summary. Yeah. So it's going to pan in on Buffy, Xander, and Willow doing nothing on a Saturday night. And so they're just watching a film in a foreign language and guessing on what's going on. I feel like Willow understood exactly what was going on. I wasn't sure if she was just like more honed in on like figuring it out or if like more confident in her assumption or if she was just straight up like just making it up as she was going along. Yeah. It didn't even occur to me that she might be making it up. (laughs) I was just sitting there like, God damn, she's just smart, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, well, she is. That's that's a very on-point thing. But while they're in that scene, they're discussing the fact that there aren't really demons and not a whole lot's happening right now. That's true. And then it goes to a girl running. She jumps out a window. <laughs> I must have been writing when she jumped out the window. I just looked up and saw her running. She No, she like she jumped out the window and she like tumbled over the side of the like balcony mm-hmm. um, and then started running. And there was a robed man that chased her. And then it turns out that there was multiple of them. It was really hard to get like a good view with like the lighting and the fast-paced running and everything. For a legit, like, the first half that scene, I was like, I can't tell if this is Cordelia or not. <laughs> it was it's not, really though. on brand for her to be, like, running from danger right at the beginning. You're not wrong. But that's a good guess. And very um, foreshadowous. I don't, that's not a word, but. I don't think foreboding is right. Foreshadowing? I don't know. Oh, that's kind of it's what. Not. I want to say foreboding, but I don't. You said foreboding. I did say foreboding. <laughs> that's why it's in my brain. <laughs> I want to say fortuitous, but I don't think that's That's right definitely either. wrong. <laughs> Regardless, that comes up later. <laughs> so, um... Maybe we should have gone to gym. <laughs> Maybe we should have gone to gym. Anyway. But they, she's running from some men in robes, and then... And then it does a shot of one of their faces at the end, and I was like, that guy looked familiar. <laughs> Who was he supposed to be? Which I don't we think I was supposed to know. But we haven't met him yet. I'm so bad with faces. I know. We figured that out here. Jim was canceled. It's Buffy rough. Podcast. Um, but yeah, so she gets caught by one of the dudes, and he's showing his face, and they drag her back towards the building, which is ominous, but we definitely get a very clear look at him. There is no subtlety. <laughs> right. No ambiance. And then... There's plenty of ambiance. There's no anonymity. Okay, yeah. That's a hard word to say. <laughs> And then it switches to the credits. And then after the credits, we immediately hone in on Cordelia fake laughing. Oh, my God. That's so hard to listen to. (laughs) 
Every time she does it this episode. It's it worse rough. than Titus in Final Fantasy X. <laughs> I know you don't know what that means, but I someone don't. out there will. Someone will. If you get that reference, please send Stasha a message. <laughs> Personally. Personally. But, yeah, and she's explaining that you have to fake laugh in order to get a man and all of the things that you're supposed to do. True. Men do love women who laugh at their jokes. <laughs> and then uh, it switches to Buffy and Willow talking about how Buffy's having angel dreams and struggling with her feelings for him, which I know is a big thing for you, Stasha. It's my favorite topic in this show. <laughs> Which is that rough, came up and I was it? like, oh, I'm going to like this episode five, sure. <laughs> I hate that. But I actually did, did think that this episode wasn't that bad. It was fine. As far as that goes. But after they talk about that, we find out that Cordelia's dating a frat guy and she makes fun of Xander. And they bicker and it's a lot of fun. Yes. I think. I really like There's their some bickering. fun banter there. And then it switches to Giles lecturing Buffy. Real serious. Yeah. Such a serious tone in that scene. It was very serious. But then, like, I do find it interesting because there was a lot of back and forth there. And I like the fact that at one point, Buffy, like, unloads her struggles to Giles. And he, like, quite literally switches his demeanor and is, like, tries to be a little bit more, like, yeah, well, they're she, there about it. She makes, like, really way. good points. And it's she makes it really easy to see her point of view, which I liked in it. Because, I mean, I probably would have been on her side either way. But the interaction was so good that it switched the way Giles was acting like he still was hey you need to right own well, your tough. responsibilities and do your shit <laughs> right. but like he was at least empathetic towards what was happening and it was, it was a well-written scene I think yeah it was and then it switches to Buffy hanging out outside of the school after class and we find out that Xander skips three classes that day in a conversation he has with Willow as they go up to Buffy which is like all that we got from that conversation really I feel it's like it's all that's important and then it switches to Cordelia walking up to a car and we meet her boyfriend who is the guy from the first scene let me tell you I sat there for a second and I was like god I hope that's the same guy that has to be the reveal that just happened it was and then and we learned his name was Richard yes and immediately I was like, there has to be a dick joke about his name being Richard <laughs> at some point. And there never is. And I am infinitely disappointed in that. Then Cordelia's boyfriend, Dick, wanted to meet Buffy. And we find out. Well, his it's because his friend wanted to meet Buffy. Yeah, his friend's name is Tom. And he ends up talking to Buffy and shows some really, really obvious manipulative behavior from the outside looking in well, as an adult. <laughs> um, I was actually thinking about that when I watched this because I was like as an adult I definitely was like this is gross but like I think from the point of view of a high school girl it's actually supposed to look like exciting like yeah well I will tell you with absolute certainty as someone who now is watching it as an adult and someone who watched it as a high school girl I did not pick up on the manipulative behavior and so now watching it like I had like an epiphany uh, well not even an epiphany but like flashbacks to ex-boyfriends that I'm gonna have to talk to my therapist about in therapy this week because like dang he was so clearly manipulating her in a way that like you wouldn't know if you weren't if you didn't know better so it's I, easier to pick up on that stuff from the outside looking in for sure yeah but even like from a television show perspective like he was friends with Richard it was clear in that scene that like he was being manipulative he's not a good guy for Buffy to get to know but in my head I was like well maybe he doesn't know what Richard's up to <laughs> the first time I watched it so I definitely thought he knew to it he knew what Dick <laughs> was up to the like second <laughs> it happened I mean it was clear I to me it felt clear that they were both both doing 
bad thing. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was supposed to be hidden. I guess I just assumed since they were friends that he was going to be in on it too. I think it is supposed to be blatant for some people, but it's also supposed to be very hidden for others based off of experiences. That's good writing if you can pull that off. I like that. I have a really big appreciation for it because it's one of those things where it's based off of your previous experiences and you're like, I want to say ingenuity, but that's the wrong word. Why am I struggling with words today? Your intuition, I guess, might be the right word I'm looking for. Mm, I feel like intuition implies a lack of experience and you're trying to say the more experience the more you'd pick up on it well but I think even if you were like because something that's intuitive is something you can figure out without experience right that's that's, true so I don't think intuition's right but and now I'm stuck on the word intuition and I don't remember what you were trying to say well it's, it's based on people's past experiences on whether or not they would pick up on that yeah so I thought it was really subtle and I thought it was really good. And I think 90% of people are going to like straight up be like, no, Tom's just as bad as, as Dick. Like there's no getting in on that. But I was a teenage girl that was easily manipulated by those kinds of guys. And so it was something where it wasn't something that even registered in my brain. Right. When I watched it for the first time. So that's really interesting to me. That is interesting. But yeah, so we learn that he's also a junior in high school in the sense that he's actually a senior and in, in college. college. Yeah. <laughs> but once again, like and I think it especially has like an effect of like because I bet I didn't look up their ages but I bet those actors were actually relatively the same age Mm -hmm. so that even makes the like fact that he's a senior in college seem less bad yeah with him be with her being a junior in high school he definitely had to be a similar age because like charisma carpenter was almost 10 years older than sarah michelle geller i think right like so, it's so hard to tell people in their like early to mid 20s yeah so that was that's a good call out is that i think in real life if you saw a 16 and a half year old girl talking to a 22 year old man because that's how old you are when you're a senior in college if you go straight to college which he probably did which he probably did but so that's like the minimum right that is six years different that's almost one third of her life she's lived almost three quarters the same amount of time as him and it does just barely lose the half your age (laughs) plus seven regardless it's no because at 22 it'd be 18 11 plus 7 is 18 yeah so it's a lot under a year and a half is a lot when you're 16 yeah and it's just yeah and then we then it's we also have... gross that Cordelia's dating Richard, Richard. well yeah because again 22 and 16 or thereabouts yeah I guess we don't confirm that Richard's a senior but I assume he is and then we have Willow being amazing <laughs> in her conversation with Xander while all of that's going on. Xander was, like, talking about how gross, like, frat guys are and stuff. I I remember being irritated by Xander in the background talking shit about Buffy not figuring out that she's being manipulated every half second. Oh, really? I didn't... That didn't bother me. But Willow was like... I'm trying not to rag on him, but that was definitely an irritating few minutes (laughs) of me for him. And I don't remember what Willow was saying at all. He was like, don't you think they're repulsive or something like that? And I didn't write this quote down, but she was like, you mean with their charm and their more money than you can count and their good looks and all of this stuff and then she also I definitely just blacked that oh, out yeah I just I remember really enjoying her in that whole scene it's a good interaction in my opinion and then Giles shows up and is like Buffy and he points at his watch all annoying like like anyone who points at their wrist and like indicates hey the, you know look at the time kind of a thing I immediately want to be like no <laughs> but then it does switch to Buffy beating up Giles and he's like all right well it's just... actually Giles trying to beat up Buffy and it's not working out for him because he straight up says I'm gonna come at you with no warning and it's not a problem for her I don't even think he has a chance to come at her though he like starts to with the sword does he and she like kicks it away and 
like punches him or something. I don't oh. remember exactly what happened, but he def he started it, but it took like less than half a second for her to end it. And then he was like, "All right, go patrol." Yeah, <laughs> which, which is led me to think it's weird that someone without superpowers is training someone in combat with superpowers. I know, right? Anyway, that's all I had to say on that scene. Do you have more? No, because then we switch to her patrolling, and that's when she finds the bracelet. An angel can smell the blood on it. An angel shows up and to he's, smell some blood. Yeah, he smells some blood, and then he tries to warn Buffy away from him. Which I appreciate the fact that he's trying, even though like my teenage brain was like, he's being ridiculous. So he's 241 mm-hmm. and we know that as like a fact, mm-hmm. but he's like obviously stuck in this younger body of mm-hmm. indeterminate age and he just acts like a teenager. <laughs> In the same way that the other teenagers in the show act. Yeah. Like, I think he fits in with the cast and has, like, the same, maybe slightly more emotional maturity, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think from, like, looking at it as a work of fiction point of view, it, like, he just is a teenager. He just happens to have a different number on his age. Because yeah. you don't factor in all the yeah. experience and ma- growth he should have had over the last two centuries. Yeah. So And I, I think it makes me more lax on, like, the, the discomfort of, yeah. Yeah. I feel that way, too. I think the angel has shown that he's very low on the emotional maturity scale yeah based off the fact that like he doesn't know how to interact with Buffy and he's not good at the showing up yeah. other than to warn her about danger thing and I have some like, theories it, on it that I'm not sure that I'm comfortable sharing with you yet based off the fact that I think that we'll get more information later that's fine it's just something I was thinking about earlier yeah and I think it's very powerful that he's like you don't realize how dangerous it is to be with us and and there is a contra uh, like a, a comparison there um I think to Twilight which I really appreciated it and I'm gonna go into detail a little bit about it even though you didn't watch like read Twilight I There's- didn't watch it either Yeah, there's a distinct, blatant parallel between Angel telling Buffy it's dangerous to be with me and Edward telling Bella that it's dangerous to be with me because Angel is telling her that it's dangerous to be with him. But at the end of the episode, which I'm fast forwarding a little bit, he still like asks her out for a cup of coffee and gives her the like choice. You know what I mean? And and allows Buffy to to be with him. Whereas at one point in the Twilight movies, Edward takes that choice away from Bella by blatantly lying to her and being like, I don't want to be with you doesn't she have his kid at some point yes because he comes back when she becomes low-key suicidal when he doesn't want to be with her there's just a healthy element to the to the angel thing that i think is a direct parallel to the unhealthy element when it's an edward thing so i just feel like that's something to keep in mind well i have one problem Mm -hmm. and it's not really with the choice thing you brought up but angel says it's dangerous to be with us us being vampires and the problem i have with that is that he's the only one that's like him so the only data points of danger can be from his relationships since he got his soul back because like anyone else dating any other vampire is a completely different scenario and like i understand the idea of protecting her but his only experience can come from that if that makes sense Yes, but I also think if you think about it, it's quite possible that because he doesn't have any experience, he doesn't have a previous vampire with a soul to like reference, he could be like the risk is too high. I don't know if there's going to be like some risk factors with us being together of like his bloodlust and things like that. And I also think that the only person we know Angel's been with is Darla, right? They were together for several generations or whatever it is that she said in that episode. where Right, but that was her. before he got his soul back, right? Supposedly. Okay. <laughs> yes. Word. Yes. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's a totally fair answer. I just, I was pretty sure it was said when yeah. we got her backstory, but I don't 
Well, she did. She did call sure. him out for how like much of a loser he is now that he's like drinking pig's blood and like trying to be quote unquote one of them. All I'm trying to say is the absence of evidence is not the evidence of absence. No, you're not wrong, but I just think that that's where I, I get it though, because there, there is still is an absence of evidence. Yeah. So like you still don't know what the risks are. Yeah. I am just saying that I think it's not quite a parallel. I don't think in Twilight, and I don't know because I've never read or watched it, but because I don't think Edward was like as unique as Angel is among vampires. Kind. He was not as unique, and he did do that. He did manipulate her into thinking he didn't want her anymore when um, she almost died because she started bleeding and one of the vampires tried to attack her because he couldn't control himself. So, like, I can see it. Um, it's a very biased opinion of having zero yeah. <laughs> real information. Just It's just my thoughts on what you were saying. I'm not saying you're wrong. Yeah. It's just my well, And I don't want to draw, like, a lot of parallels between Twilight and Buffy and Angel, but they did both come into my life, kind at of. At the same time? Not at the same time, but Buffy was like a gateway into Twilight for me. So they do kind of correlate a lot in my brain. So I, and I definitely don't agree with Angel's behavior here 100% because he is like, stay away from me. You don't want to be with me, blah, blah, blah. And like, obviously later Willow calls him out on how ridiculous he's being. So that's why I said he seems like a 16 year old. <laughs> yeah. So I like that factor in him. But I just feel like he wasn't being necessarily like a crap person. He just was clearly like making yeah. a wrong decision there. It doesn't feel like he is trying to be in an adult relationship. It's no. so it's so high school courty, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. It's good TV. Yeah, and it it, it is a high school show. So. Yeah, no, that's, that's not a criticism. It's just a comment. It, yeah, no, I didn't take it as a criticism. So anyway, Buffy gets a haircut or something? No, she just curls her hair. Okay, and Cordy and, hates it, yeah. and I don't understand why. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious, though. She just tried being really nice to Buffy, and she couldn't do it. But she does go up to Buffy and asks her to go to the frat party with her because she can't go without Buffy and I don't even know if Buffy actually agreed to it or if Cordelia just took her silence as compliance yes. but Buffy was planning to go and I think it's interesting that Xander is the only one trying to convince her that it's a bad idea to go I would think that Willow would also be like yeah you shouldn't go to that Buffy it's just a party yeah I mean honestly if it wasn't in a help I don't think it'd be that bad of an idea to go I mean I'm not saying I condone it I think going and drinking would be a bad idea yeah I was gonna say I think it's a bad idea for a 16 year old girl to go to a college party that's fair and I was even talking to Dean, my husband, about it earlier because, like, he's obviously been to college parties and I haven't because I went to community college and didn't really do the whole campus thing. But he talked about the fact that when he would meet a 17-year-old girl at a college party, he'd be like, what are you doing here? <laughs> even though he was only 18, like, he, it was his freshman year, he was like, you're too young to be here. Please go away. <laughs> <laughs> didn't like it because it's a little inappropriate in my opinion and you're just at such a different time in your life I feel like from high school to not high school I don't know that transition was really fluid for me so maybe I just have a different experience than most people when it comes to that it's possible that I also had a different experience but it felt black and white to me yeah it didn't feel black and white to me at all but then again I dropped out and was like still going to school to hang out with people yeah and like got a job and was still doing everything I did in high school I went through like a period where for the first like two months after I graduated I didn't talk to like anyone uh, well and that's probably the thing is I didn't graduate there was no yeah. like hard end it was like a slow transition like I got a job and I was still hanging out with my high school friends outside that job at the same times I was doing in high school. I was just doing different things in the yeah. day. And then I didn't even go to college till I was like 22 or something and that was only for a year and a half. I don't know. So maybe it's just different 
through my lens, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. I, I guess, like I said, I've never been to an actual college party, but it felt very obvious that Buffy should not be at that party <laughs> after she well, actually goes to Yeah, it. but she didn't even want to be there. Yeah, well... Like, it felt like she was really just going to spite Angel. She definitely was going... I don't and know that it was... I was going to say spite think was, Angel and Giles. I don't think it was to spite Giles. I think it was to spite Angel and also appease Cordelia because she wanted to go and she had to go for Cordelia to go. Yeah. I, don't, I think she I, also I, did it just to, like... Well, not even Giles specifically, but like to to rebel against her life which we've seen her do so many times now. yeah but, but you can tell she even regretted it like she felt like like she was stressed out by not fulfilling her responsibility and knew that what she was doing was bad yeah that's why it doesn't feel spiteful to Giles to me. Like, it feels like her... I don't know how to phrase it. I want to say, like, her relationship with Giles in the day, not, like, their whole relationship, mm-hmm. but their relationship of that day was, like, an innocent bystander of what was happening more than, like, the victim of her decisions that day. We did jump ahead a little bit, so I do want to rewind yeah, just a Yeah, sorry, little. it just... That was a No, no, it was a good thing. Point. We switched to Giles playing with the swords in the library and Buffy and Xander and Willow walking in on him, fake fighting, practicing. Well, before that, we cut to the big basement of the frat house oh do we yeah because uh they're all performing a ritual and they're like in whose name oh and uh they're talking to the girl i think they have chained up like no i don't know if we see her yet but you got the dude shirtless and they got the sword pointed at him and they're doing some ritually thing and then they like complete the ritual and say in his name oh. and then they all crack beers and music starts playing i and completely that song, missed that oh transition i guess well that song that starts playing after they crack those beers is a fucking bop I was like immediately I was jamming out and I was like did you look it up no because it was it was over like really quick so I didn't have time to get it but um and then I also was thinking about how it's more of like a current thing but I really like the like casual horror aspect of it where they're like a frat that just happens to be a cult yeah and like it's a little played up because it was the 90s and Mm -hmm. it's like but there's a lot of stuff now that's like that like yeah where you would just have like oh man a great example is what I brought up in season one of uh Carmilla it wasn't old web series mm-hmm. but when you accidentally card cordelia carmella yeah like six times yeah because like it was just it was a college campus but there was just like horror shit going on in the background yeah it was i don't know i just really like that vibe of, of horror stuff so yeah even though i don't like these guys i did like the theme the aesthetics yeah yeah. Well, I guess I didn't write down any... And then my next note is Buffy is 100% going to get caught lying. So that's how I know that that seems <laughs> after that. Yeah, because Giles is playing with the swords and then Buffy lies to Giles and Willow is so upset. Willow and Xander are both upset. Yeah, but no one's as upset as Willow. <laughs> no, she's heartbroken by it. <laughs> freaking out which is so funny to me because like it is 100% within Buffy's personality to lie to Giles yeah how's it just now coming up to Willow that she does that but Um, it's funny because Buffy pretty casually lied to him and then it's interesting to me because they talk about how Buffy's being all weird or askew or cockeyed and it's interesting because I just don't feel like she was acting that weird no she felt like Buffy to me the whole time for sure and I mean clearly they didn't think it was that weird because they weren't like she's possessed the way they were with yeah she was bad but that's also when we reveal that xander's gonna go to the party so i had a prediction here it's been a while since i had a mid-episode prediction yeah. i thought for sure that xander was gonna get lucky by sneaking in to the uh party mm-hmm. and like seeing weird shit go down with buffy and cordelia and being like the savior of the day oh i was like i don't like that message let her do what she's gonna do <laughs> well, even if you don't agree with it tell her like hey i don't think you should go to the party or whatever right but i think following her there is also not really a cool thing to do yeah and i thought he was gonna be rewarded for it and he was not no he dressed like jake from state farm and was immediately caught immediately put in a not great situation (laughs) it wasn't as bad as i thought
thought it was going to be. Yeah, that's when it shows Buffy being nervous and ta- telling Cordelia maybe we shouldn't go in and Cordelia being like, great, let's go. And then she doesn't want to drink and then she just feels really awkward. Like that whole scene, the montage of the party like was kind of a blur for me, but I just remember being like, Buffy is me if I were to ever go to a party like that. I have been Buffy <laughs> there at parties. Just like sitting on the yeah. edge, just like. Well, because like I didn't start drinking until I was 25. Yeah. But I had a lot of friends who partied when I was 18, 19, yeah. 17. So like I would go to those parties, not like quite college parties because I didn't have any college friends, right. but I would still go to parties and there'd yeah. be like drinking and stuff. And I'd just be sitting there like, this is cool. Yeah. What am I doing? I usually had one or two people there I could talk to, but if there was any point where they were off talking to other people, I was just sitting there unsure what to do with myself. So it was really relatable. Right. And then uh, she's almost like attacked by a really drunk big guy and Tom saves her and pulls her into a dance and he tells her exactly what she wants to hear, which is the exact opposite of what Angel told her and convinces her to drink. And she has one drink, which is not a good thing because it's spiked. And then Willow and Giles are looking up the bracelet and they're trying to figure out what's going on and that's when we see Xander getting hazed. I really liked, you said Willow and Giles trying to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. I loved Willow just sitting there trying to be such a bro. <laughs> well, that doesn't like, happen until later, but she oh, does that... cover but for Buffy. Right oh, my next note is about that, but yeah, I might they have find something. the article about the girl, and then and oh. that's when Giles tries to call Buffy. Well, and he's no, they look up the article, and then it switches to Buffy getting sick and going upstairs and passing out, and okay. Richard shows up and is like super creepy, and then Tom stops him, but not for a good reason. No, but at least he stopped him. Yeah, because I was stressed out watching this and I was like there's no way they're going there yeah but they definitely almost almost do yeah Um, which is important I think Uh, it's an important message to have yeah because I mean something gross could have happened there and like she wouldn't have been able to do anything yeah and the only reason it got stopped was because other worse things were happening yeah Arguably worse, anyway. Yeah. Then it switches back to Willow's covering for Buffy and telling Giles to call Angel. In that, that it was just so fun watching Willow be like, no, 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 don't call. They're sick. And he's yeah. like, oh, you're right. They're sick. We shouldn't call them. And then he was like, oh, I should call. And she was like, yeah, call Angel. He knows what's going on. Yeah. And he was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was but it was like working. Yeah. And you could tell like Willow was stressed out about it. <laughs> she didn't like, <laughs> like that she was helping Buffy lie. <laughs> yeah. But she wasn't ever lying. She... I mean, I guess she, she might have the said they were thing. sick, yeah. yeah. But, like, she never, like, straight up was like, no, this reason don't yeah. call. She was just like, no, wait. Yeah. I think she this... said Buffy and her mom, and Jels was like, like oh, oh, quite yeah, right, they're... they're sick. Yeah. You're right. I think she doesn't ever actually lie. Which, yeah, which was, like, just a nice sprinkle on the yeah. scene. And then Xander gets kicked out of the fraternity, and he notices. Well, because or... the party's over. Yeah. And he's and like, wait a minute, him. my friend was supposed to be in there. And they just, like, laugh <laughs> And they're him like, off. yeah, sick, dude. Close the door. And it switches to Buffy and Cordelia being chained up in the basement with the other missing girl. Oh, no. At which point, I would like to point out, they would have gotten away with it if they just didn't pick Buffy to come to the fucking party. <laughs> well, yeah, because they got away with it for years. Yeah. Well, that's not true, though, because they found the bracelet. Yeah, but we don't know that that bracelet would have led them to the frat party. Well, it did. Willow found out that it was Kent Prep School, and they realized that it was over by the fraternity, and so they would have showed up. I guess, because Buffy was they patrolling knew... that area that night. That's fair. I still think they would have gotten away with it if they didn't directly involve Buffy immediately. I think they would have gotten another year because yeah. I think they would have showed 
showed up late to getting the demon, but I think they would have been stopped still. Maybe. From a future thing. But the girl that went missing that they're now chained up next to does point out that Tom is the worst one of all of them. Because he acts the nice, Not because mm-hmm. he acts the nicest, but... The one that acts real nice, he's, he's the one the to watch out one. for. Yeah. Giles finds out Buffy lied and he looks so fucking hurt. Yeah. Well, and so does Angel acts all like insecure and jealous about it, which is another another way to really show what you were saying earlier about how he's <laughs> basically a sixteen year old boy. Yeah. So I like that. And then Willow goes off and on Giles amazing. and Angel, and it is the best part of the episode for sure. And oh, I was hands just like, down. Yeah, Willow. I love that. I love that a whole whole lot. And then Xander realizes that Buffy and Cordy never left because he saw Cordelia's car with the Queen C. Yes. License plate. Cordelia tells. Buffy she's better do something because the frat guys are preparing their ritual at which point I was like yeah just break out of that chain (laughs) what are you doing Buffy and then there's a giant snake demon which really comes out of left field if this episode (laughs) wasn't called reptile boy I would have been so blown away by that and I mean if like in the 90s I didn't really look at episode titles so if I watched it live I'd probably been like what the fuck is happening (laughs) well you knew they were performing a ritual though yeah I never would have seen snake demon coming (laughs) though I didn't see snake demon coming even knowing it was called reptile boy the whole time I was like I remember the fraternity but why is it called reptile boy and I was was sitting there thinking like when the fuck is a reptile gonna show up (laughs) because I thought it was gonna be dick but like he was gonna like become Become a reptile reptile or something or Tom. Yeah. Tom would have been more likely. Fun with Dick and Tom and Reptile Boy. <laughs> but yeah, there's a giant snake guy that shows up and is about to attack them. And that's when Willow and Giles and Angel show up and Xander. Yeah, but they show up upstairs yeah. and just fight off cultists while Buffy breaks free and fights the yeah, demon. Yeah, Buffy does save herself. I do have a question here. It's a plot hole that I've never caught. And I'm curious if you have a way to explain it away. Okay. How did Angel get inside? Ooh. Because, like, people live there, right? I think, obviously this isn't shown on screen, but the easiest explanation would just be any of the three people he was with, Giles, Willow, or Xander, walked in and said, come on, and he went in. Like, I feel like that would be enough. Or he could just be like, hey, invite me in, and they would. I don't think you have to live there to invite someone in. No? I don't think so. Hmm. And until I see evidence... To the contrary, I will continue that belief. As long as someone invites you in, you can go in. All right. I'll accept it. That's he a, definitely that's shows funny up. That, yeah. Right after Xander punches someone in the face, he walks in after Xander. As long as he's not the first one in, yeah. I think. You'll take it? I think you can explain that away. That said, I agree that it's a plot hole. <laughs> but Buffy and does I save herself. That you pointed it out. Yeah. I also really liked that Buffy saved herself. Yeah. It was like, because I, I complained about Deus Ex Machina before, and I cut it out, so it doesn't matter. But it would have felt so cheesy, them coming down at the very last minute to mm-hmm. like save her from the demon. Yeah. And the fact that they just happened to be there while she saved herself from the demon was so much more satisfying of an ending, in my opinion. Yeah. And then she cuts Snake Guy up and Cordy hugs Angel. And then Giles and Buffy have a cute apology session. And then Giles gives her an explanation for why he was pushing her so hard, which I think is nice. And then it cuts to the bronze where Cordelia is getting Jonathan to give her a muffin and a cappuccino. She's learned that young men are the way to go. Yeah. Which honestly feels more up her... Allie Allie anyway. (laughs) Right? And then Willow is just being such a romantic some more. (laughs) Which is funny to me because like Buffy is clearly just like at this point she's like whatever. But Willow is so into it. Um, But then Angel shows up and he asks Buffy out for a cup of coffee which is nice. It is a fitting end. 
Yeah. And it is an end. All right, cool. So pop quiz time. And I only have three questions for this for this one. And okay. one of them is kind <laughs> of a cop out. Uh, so I'm going to start with that one. Uh, did you catch what date the party took place on? Mm, no. He said it during the ritual. Because I remember, I think Giles said it, or Willow said it when they were looking at the article too. Did she? I think so. It is the 10th day of the 10th month. Ooh. That's so. five days before my birthday. I know. That's pretty cool. Yeah. No, I did not catch that. Which, happy late birthday by the time this is aired. Thanks. <laughs> That's also I'll eight days you, from now, which is pretty cool. <laughs> also wish you a happy birthday on your birthday. But, you know. Yeah. The 10th day of the 10th month. And then the actual pop quiz question I have is, do you consider coffee a date? It can be. Anything can be a date. It depends on what you and the datee feel like doing. But if the person were to say, do you want to get coffee with me, would you consider that a date? Or would you consider that someone being interested in getting to know you as a person? I think as with all things, it's situational. I don't I don't have a hard answer one way or the other. I really think it could show up and just depending on how it goes, it could be a date. It could be just hanging out. Because Willow told Buffy to, to ask Angel out for a cup of coffee and it sparked something in me because several years ago when I was still trying to like navigate the dating scene and I wasn't doing a great job at it uh, I had a conversation with someone because I was like I don't want everything to be all relationshipy and datey sometimes I just want to get to know someone on like a deep personal level but how do you do that without making them think that you want to go on a date with them and the person I was talking to said invite them for coffee coffee's pretty safe and I was like great and so then less than a week later this guy was like I want to go with or we should grab coffee sometime and I was like yeah that'd be really cool thinking that he was like you're a cool person I'm a cool person and let's hang out as friends and then I invited him out with uh, some a group of people to bingo and he was like after at that night he was like so I asked you out on a date and we went to bingo and I was like I did not realize that you asked me out on a date and it started this whole thing in my life where I was like if you ask someone for coffee is that you asking them out on a date or is that like for sure for sure a date or is it not a date and and my answer is exactly correct <laughs> it can be either one yeah, but if you ask someone for coffee I think it's completely okay for them to not know that they're on a date yeah i mean i think that's true for anything like i've asked people to movies not expecting it to be a date i yeah. just want company to go see a movie yeah so i think that it, and but it, like obviously that's like the stereotypical date is dinner and a movie you know yeah. what i mean it's just it and i think a big thing is like it depends on your level of attraction to each other right if like if i'm not into you and you're not into me and i'm like hey do you want to get coffee neither of us would even think about it and we just go get coffee and hang out mm-hmm. but if you're into me and i'm not into you and i'm like hey do you want to get coffee you might think it's a date and it's not and you so how do you express that i don't know i don't know if there's an answer i'm just saying but i think that's just a truth of life is i mean you can like specify like hey would you like to go on a date with me to get some coffee yeah i think that that has to be the best approach at this point if you want it to be a date i don't know how you specify i don't want it to be a date but do you want to get coffee with me especially without sounding rude like unless you're just like hey you seem like you'd be a really cool friend do you want to get coffee sometime yeah but even then like i said like in a situation where neither of you or even think or even if i'm just not thinking about it like yeah. i'm just like hey do you want to get coffee yeah like and that's you could where take just, it either it's hard, way i yeah. think it's... i just think i think that's true for anything yeah like if i want to go to a bar and i'm like yo i'm going to the bar do you want to come that could also go either way you know what i mean yeah that's just fact of life I yeah think. it just was super funny that it was less than a week after i'd had and, a conversation yeah. about it that he asked me for coffee and i was like yeah that's not a date let's go and it <laughs> like, was it was awkward yeah. That's but. all right. Either way, I think I've gotten 100% so far on this quiz. Yeah. Uh, A plus. <laughs> or 50% since you didn't know the date. But Oh, you're right. <laughs> it's fine. F. 
<laughs> Last question. What's the most 90s thing you noticed? Um, That Buffy couldn't just keep up her lie through text messages. <laughs> I think nowadays, if you were in a situation like that, you would just, like, Giles would have texted her. Hey, mm-hmm. we've, I think we figured out what's going on, even if she was sick, because it's not. It's not intrusive. Yeah. And she would have been like, oh, okay, I'll get on it. Or she wouldn't have answered, and then he would have known yeah. something was wrong. He had to call her house where he would have found out That she's not the truth. there. Yeah. All right. 66%. B. Let's go. <laughs> and I didn't have one, so I'm going to bump that up to an 80% just because I don't think That's not how that works. <laughs> Whatever. The only question I you guess... got wrong was a true or false. <laughs> no, that's not true. It was a select all that apply, apply out of 365. <laughs> it was a multiple choice out of 365. There's only one answer. You're grading on a curve. I get it. I am. I've never understood grading on a curve, but... <laughs> I'll take a B. All right. That's better than most of my high school career. Well, that is our shortest pop quiz ever, but I think that that's fine. We're going to launch right into character development, which our characters for the episode are Buffy, Willow, Xander, Cordelia, Giles, and Angel. And our new characters are are Richard, Tom, and Jonathan, which I want to make a quick note on Jonathan because he was in this episode for about two seconds, but I want, I am curious, and I guess this kind of is like a pop quiz question too did you recognize him from previous episodes well considering i didn't know if richard (laughs) should have been recognized at all i think the answer is obviously no so he has been in two episodes so far okay he was in the last episode with sammy he was the guy that empada tried to kiss when xander oh and he was like no you're with xander that's Mm -hmm. not cool okay i can kind of picture it now that you've said that and then he also was in a different one and now i can't remember which one it was but didn't write it down. I didn't write it down. I Remember, should've. folks, good notes save lives. But or I was something. I was so excited because I knew that he like popped up in a couple episodes, just like in a p- couple episodes, just like little Randomly. little small. Like he is the, he is our first backstory kind of character. Yeah. Where like it's not a Buffy interaction at all, but he is a character that is recurring, and I really appreciate that about him. So, and then I guess on Tom and Richard, I think we should just talk about them real brief. I mean, we never really have a lot to say on new characters. Well, it depends on how big of a role they play like i think when miss calendar had her first appearance we had a lot to say on her we had a lot to say on her and giles together well yeah but still but like when they're just the villain or and even then i think we had a lot to say on dave and fritz true it just but when they're just a background character or just the villain and don't have like a real character to them i think yeah. that's not our fault that we don't have a lot to say yeah well and like dick was definitely a dick like yeah <laughs> It was very blatant that he was the worst person. And Tom, I mean, Tom wasn't the Tom was arguably worse. He was, I, he just put on a better face. Yeah, Tom was the worst worst person because, like I said in the part where we met him, he was showing very manipulative behavior, skillfully practiced. And it's also possible where I think maybe when I was younger, I thought it was just bad acting, but it was an actor doing an act well. Yeah. <laughs> so when he's dancing with Buffy, he's giving her all of the right things to say. Like he's saying all of the right words which is a direct contrast to angel saying i'm not sure that you are old enough to be with me he's playing on that yeah inadvertently but also like so angel doesn't have ulterior motives he actively has buffy's best interest in mind mm -hmm. while like fumbling through his own best interest as well right as opposed to tom who's a completely outside person who is just in it to manipulate her to get his ends yeah, and then so it turns out that he is the worst of them and he's got all of those marks and like... Those diamonds. Yeah, he was the worst, so... What if that was supposed to look reptilian? 
I think it was supposed to symbolize scales, but I don't yeah. think it was supposed I to be... I didn't think about that till just now. ...massively reptilian, because they were too big, but... I thought they were turning him, him into the five of diamonds for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> also, I, I apparently just skipped over this note, because I remember writing it down. I remember them writing, uh, drawing those diamonds on him with the sword, mm-hmm. and I was like, what an inconvenient-looking way to cut someone. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Like, could you imagine balancing that sword and cutting a perfect diamond <laughs> in someone? Just use a fucking knife. (laughs) (laughs) Or a dagger, even. Yeah. But, yeah. So, I and I just wanted to briefly mention that about Tom, which I will be talking about Tom and Dick in our analysis a lot, too. So, that's all I really touch on that. No, Harry. But, so, I don't know that there was a whole lot of development for anyone in this episode. Like, I don't think anyone grew. I mean, we learned that Jonathan's a total simp for Cordelia. Well, who isn't, though? (laughs) Besides A lot of people. (laughs) And probably Wendell. The spider dude. <laughs> you know what? I keep thinking about this and I keep forgetting to bring it up. I almost feel like they're leading up to Xander and Cordelia becoming like an enemies to lovers thing. Oh, really? Yeah. It feels like they're getting a lot of bickering time together and I could see it going that way. It's not like a hard like, I think this is going to happen, but I almost want it to. <laughs> oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. I can anyway. see where you get that though because of like the end of the Some Assembly Required episode where she walked up to him and was like... That was the first time I thought about it and I forgot to bring it up when we were on the podcast. Yeah. But And then it's happened a couple times since then and twice this episode. Yeah. Interesting. But anyway. Any other like character fits, development I feel, things? I feel like that fits in character development. It does, though. yeah. Because, like, well, like, Giles and uh, Miss Calendar in their episodes, we've used this Mm -hmm. area for, too. And Buffy and Angel, which I guess there's a little bit of development for Buffy and Angel here, but, like... Honestly, I don't feel like there was. I feel like... It's just a continuation of stuff we've talked about previously. Exactly. Like, it... Same with Buffy and Giles. It felt like a repeat, honestly. Like, I was like, I feel like we're already past this point. Yeah. I think they just had, like, a filler... Which, it wasn't a filler episode, but it was a filler episode, you know? I mean, honestly, like, this one was not as egregious as last episode, but it f- still felt like older versions of the characters. Yeah. Not as bad. I mean, a great example, though, is that I've brought up Miss Calendar like three times. She wasn't in it. No. We didn't see and a lot G- of And Giles was characters. a lot more bossy, mm-hmm. which he hasn't been. Like I said, Buffy and Angel are just like, I f- it feels like they're already past this point in their relationship, and it just kind of went back and, like, redid the story in a different way, which is fine. Yeah. But not new. Right, I agree. um, Other than that, I think the only one I wanted to talk about was Willow. Okay. I just think she was a lot more present than, like, normal. Like, not in, like, the way we've said that about other characters, but in the way that, like, scenes she's in, she was more vocal, if that makes sense. So, like, you noticed her more. And, like, just her whole freak out on... Angel and Giles. Yeah, was just so good. And I I think a big moment for her. Like, she's stood up for herself a couple times now. Mm -hmm. But it's just really good to keep seeing it and the way she did it. Especially the way she ended it with, like, I don't even feel better now. Let's go. Like, yeah. But she made them feel worse, which they needed. Like, <laughs> Well, and I do think that we, we've we seen her stand up for herself a couple times, but this time we see her stand up for Buffy. Who, who has done something she thinks is wrong, even. Yeah. And she's still like, no, I see why she lied. She yeah. shouldn't have, but, like, you guys are being shitty. Well, and I think that it's almost her paying Buffy back a little bit for, for having her back. She's now having Buffy's back, which she's always been kind of a bro that way, but it's important to note that that was a big moment for her because she was standing up for someone else in a way that I think like we've talked about before season one Willow would be a little too meek to do that yeah so that's a good call out that was the most standout scene to me in the whole episode so I felt like it definitely needed a mention anyway that's all I have for characters um I'm guessing that's all you have for characters too yeah and it's actually a really great segue into who my Herbert was for the episode because my Herbert was Willow? 100% Willow like, my, mine as well undoubtedly yeah it was Willow no one else even made the list 
of possibilities. Not that anyone was necessarily bad, but Willow was just the Actively best. Actively best. <laughs> I think I could make an argument for Buffy, but that's depending on our definition of Herbert, whether we mean the best or our favorite at the moment, because we kind of use it interchangeably. Mm -hmm. And Buffy felt really relatable to me this episode, which put her on my list. But I'm I'm also a different person than you, so it makes sense that she wouldn't make your list in the same way. Yeah, I mean, she was relatable, but in a way that I think was still very, like, she made wrong choices, and she was not, in my opinion, the best character. And I just think Willow was the best character, and I liked her the best. Yeah, no. I get it. Um, she's also mine. I just wanted to say she... Uh, Give Buffy an honorable mention. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Who's your Xander? <laughs> that one is much harder for me. I don't... It's, I it's, think there are a few you could pick from. Yeah. I know mine. Well, I can't... But, I'm not picking... Obviously, I'm not picking Tom or, or Tom or Dick or Jonathan because they're the villains and Jonathan was barely in it. <laughs> I kind of feel like it's a toss-up between... No, I think I'm going to give it to Cordelia. Xander was not great in this episode, but I do feel like he was trying to call out a bad choice Buffy was making even though I think his motives were not necessarily the best he still knew better mm-hmm. so I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Cordelia and I didn't even dislike Cordelia she gave me a lot of my favorite lines but she was arguably the worst character <laughs> I personally think you could make a valid argument for Buffy, Xander, Cordelia, Giles, or Angel. Interesting. I, um, not in that order, but, like, I could hear a good argument for any of those or make one in my head. Yeah. Um, the one I'm giving it to is Xander because he just, I'm sick of hearing him be jealous jealous over Buffy. It's just getting old. Yeah. I think there was a point where I thought it was over. It was egregious last episode, and then it just continued into this one, and I was like, come on. And he wasn't really that bad. Like, he was fine. He led to some comedic relief. I didn't, like, hate him or anything, and I feel like I rag on him too much in our podcast, but he still just got on my nerves this episode. Yeah, a lot of people don't like him, and that is something that I think is very valid, is that, like, they overplay the Xander being jealous thing. Yeah pretty hard it's i honestly i think if they just didn't have him talking all that trash behind buffy when she was talking to tom the first time i think i would have probably given it to either cordelia or giles but that one scene just pushed me up to where i was like i can't i'm so irritated yeah no i'm with you i get it and i just i don't agree with his decision to follow her to the party i said that earlier i don't either i like the fact that there were consequences for him doing that i do too that was very basic level respect someone's decisions and privacy yeah, that's not the first time that he's like followed her somewhere. Right. And at some point, when does it become stalking? You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Like, not yeah. that I think Xander is a stalker, but just like there's a. But that's is still a... problematic behavior. And yeah. It's like, bro, stop. Pretty much. And that's not why he was my Xander. The scene I brought up near the beginning is 100% the reason I, yeah. I chose to go that way. And it's a fair reason. None of them were particularly bad. Like, I agree that, like, you. Like I said, you could make a valid argument for none of them, for all of them, because like there was like no standout terrible character this episode, but they all did just enough to where I'm like, you could say that makes them the worst. Except for <laughs> right. Willow. I don't think she did anything wrong this episode. No, Willow did nothing wrong. Yeah. Willow yeah. never does anything wrong. That's Hashtag not true. Hashtag Willow but... did nothing wrong. <laughs> So next we're going to move on to favorite moments, favorite lines, and surprise moments. Word. Okay. Oh, I have a moment before quotes. Yeah, let's do it. I really liked when it panned into the party and there was that pledge in his maid (laughs) outfit and it just said pledge with him like handing out drinks. And I think what really made that moment for me was that he was not upset at all to be doing what he was doing. He was just chilling like, yeah, this is is how pledges are. Like, because like usually when like a pledge thing is happening on TV, it's like horrible. And they're like, yeah, like obviously Xander was super upset by what he had to be doing when they were like new pledge. And this kid was just chilling. He was just vibing with the party and what he what his role in it was. And it was such a 
but it was such like a nice joke. Yeah. Right at the beginning, just and a it subtle like, the, little... yeah, just a subtle joke, and I, I just appreciated it. It was fun. Yeah, I don't know that I noticed it before this watch through, but I did take note of it. I didn't write it down, but I did see that, and I was like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you based on that. Do you think that what that pledge was going through was better or worse than what Xander went through? Like, if you had to choose between which scenario, which of you which had of those do? was the worst one? Xander's was way worse because there's way more attention drawn to it. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too. Like, I think especially with him, like no one even commented mm-hmm. that we saw on screen about what he was doing what he was wearing well and he had a sign that said pledge so i think that a lot of people were like well yeah duh yeah he okay he's going through that we don't need to do anything to him Mm -hmm. but like they were parading xander around and being really mean and taunting him which i mean also makes sense that he crashed his part he crashed their party yeah at least they didn't try to sacrifice into a giant snake that's what i thought was gonna happen (laughs) i for sure thought he was getting dragged to the basement to get killed no i was like holy shit that's wanted women yeah which aren't allowed to talk to him i don't want to get into what i think is going on with that because it's gross all right <laughs> they did not explain what he wanted the women for other than to eat i guess he they did kind of insinuate that he was going to eat them but that's what i thought i mean i thought they were going to kill them and then have him eat them i think it was fitting that they were like women can't talk to the the master or whatever the fuck they called yeah, him. yeah the it one ju- who we serve or whatever yeah they might have just said him like women aren't allowed to talk to him but either way it just fits that like stereotypical yeah frat mentality Mm -hmm. and i was like i've been hearing a lot of things lately about like it's okay to show bad people on tv being bad people Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like as long as you show that they're being bad and i think that that was like a good case of that my first thing i have a quote um and it's kind of honestly it's a conversation it's a dialogue but i liked the conversation and we we touched on it where giles was like you don't think i know what it's like to be 16 and Buffy yeah. said, no, I think you don't know what it's like to be 16 and a girl and a slayer. And he said, fair enough. No, I don't. And she said, or what it's like to have to stake vampires when you're having fuzzy feelings towards one. And he said, ah, digging on the undead doesn't exactly do. She said that. Do wonders for your social life. Oh, did she say that? Maybe yeah, I because got that confused. he definitely did not say digging on the dead. I thought it was so weird. No, she said that. Okay. Well, he said, ah, and then she said, digging on the undead doesn't exactly do wonders wonders for your social life and i just like appreciated the fact that that was the com- that was the shift in conversation where giles was like oh no you're right that's true yeah and then like he tried to be there for her during her struggles which was interesting my first one that's a quote quote was uh when the first time xander and cordelia were getting all snippy with each other mm. and she was like he's a whatever zeta kappa mm-hmm. and he was Delta like oh zeta kappa. yeah and he was like oh an extraterrestrial <laughs> Like, that's how you're getting around dating humans or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I liked that line, but I didn't like Cordelia's response to it. I don't remember what her response she was. She was like, you'll be in college someday. I'm sure your pizza delivery career will take you so many places or something, insinuating that there's no way Xander's ever going to get into college. And I don't like that because it... Um, I wrote it down for the analysis portion, but I just... Well, we can save it for the analysis. Okay. My next quote is, hi, I'm Richard and you are... So not interested. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, Buffy. Get him. My next one is when Cordelia is trying to convince Buffy to go to the party. And she's like, well, I didn't really catch what he said because I was so busy actually listening. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to that. <laughs> My next quote is actually going to be one that I know you wouldn't. I knew you weren't going to like, but it's between Angel and Buffy. And he said, this isn't some fairy tale. When I kiss you, you don't wake up from a deep sleep and live happily ever after. And she says, no, when you kiss me, I want to die. Which used to be like everything my angsty teen heart 
wanted in a romance, <laughs> which red flag alert, that's a thing. But, uh, and I don't really like Buffy's response so much anymore, but I do like the, fa- like, the, I like the phrasing of that whole thing. Like, it's poetic. What's your next one? It's Cordelia. I think the same scene I was just, uh, from my last one, mm-hmm. but she was like, these people are rich and I'm not being shallow. <laughs> think of all the poor people I could help with my money. <laughs> As if she was going to actually help anyone. I know. I think my next one is actually from that same scene because it's the end of it, though, when Cordelia says, Oh, Buffy, it's like we're sisters with really different hair. She dug on her hair a few times because there's another one later when she was like, Oh, good. You didn't do that thing with your hair again. Yeah. Something Buffy like was that. like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, the next one I have is when they're talking about um, how they don't know what happens at college parties. Mm-hmm. And Willow was like, they could have orgies. <laughs> and Xander went, why am I not on the mailing list? <laughs> Willow is, is me <laughs> in her innocence. <laughs> if she had a Buffy podcast, she also wouldn't know what PCP <laughs> My next one is, why did I ever let you talk me into coming here? <laughs> it's just Cordelia to Buffy. Oh, Cordelia. Mm-hmm. Which is now my theme for this episode, I guess. Is me just saying, oh, oh Cordelia. Cordelia. The next one I have is after the party when they're going in to rescue Buffy and Angel puts on his mean face and Santa just goes, guess that is the guy you want to party with. <laughs> yeah, because he nice said something earlier. earlier. Yeah. yeah, I really liked that. Well, and it was kind of nice because it was a nod to Xander like begrudgingly being like, okay, right. Angels doesn't have only bad qualities. Um, My next one I really love, and this was like right before Angel's, or not Angel, right before Willow's amazing monologue to Giles and Angel, which I didn't write that down, but I loved how at the beginning she was so distracted looking at Angel's reflection in the mirror, and she was just like, Angel, how do you shave? (laughs) And he was just like, what? (laughs) To be fair, she said that, and I was like, how does he shave? (laughs) Notice how they never answer the question. I know. I definitely like immediately. Huh. <laughs> I have two more. I also have two more, so that works out great. Perfect. I'll do the reverse chronological order because I'll save my favorite for last. Okay. I think it's after like the fighting is done and Cordelia just says, everything weird is always happening around you guys. I just hate you yeah, guys. Actually, that's one of mine. You guys, I just hate you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, shoot. I stole one of your last two. What's your other one? My other one is when Xander's beating up the college guy and he's like, this is for putting me in a dress. This is for this. This is for that. And this is for the past 16 and a half years. I did like that <laughs> one. Too. All right, Xander. Sometimes you Get got, that aggression you out. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite, well, other than the below outrage, mm-hmm. my favorite line in the whole thing was right at the end when Xander was just like, angel, angel, angel this, angel that. I'm sick of hearing about angel and like his ugly face or whatever. And then he walked up next to him and he's like, oh, hey, man, how's it going? <laughs> um after that you want to move on to the analysis yeah let's do it so i have a few things written down um because this actually like not th- i didn't have a lot of pop quiz questions i didn't have a lot on character development but i actually have several things that i think this episode kind of tries to portray to its audience the first one that i want to talk about is there's nothing wrong with not going to college cordelia gave xander Ow crap about the pizza thing and like obviously the whole thing was oh these frat boys are so rich and successful and whatever like I really wish that people would start normalizing the idea that just because you don't go to college doesn't mean you're not smart like there are so many other opportunities out there so many different life paths that you don't need to go into debt to do and there are so many people who go to college having no idea what they want to do with their lives wasting their time wasting their money for the quote-unquote experience of college parties and whatever and like it's not worth it in my opinion I'm 
not trying to tell anyone how to live their life because I'm not a professional or whatever, but just like we as a society should not automatically assume that someone is lesser if they don't go to college because we need tradespeople. We need construction workers. We need, you know, police officers. We need firefighters. Like, and those people don't have to have a degree to do their jobs, you know? Spoken like the true word of a wife of a plumber. I mean, yeah, like it infuriates me, which in the 90s, especially, I think there was a big movement about going to college and there was bettering well, yourself. Um, I guess I don't know when I don't know when George Bush started his term, but he really pushed the no child left behind thing. Mm-hmm. And I that was like the big push that every single kid needed to go to college if they could. Mm-hmm. That's when we had the big push for all the, uh, what did they call it? Like the first geners or whatever. The first kids that uh, they were the first in their family to go to college. Mm-hmm. There, there was like a big push for that when I was in like elementary school and up into high school. Yeah. And I think as, I think as the country has become more socially aware, we've really moved away from that ideal, but some people are definitely still stuck on it. And it was a really big part of our culture for a couple decades, for sure. And that's something that was really minor in this episode, but I'm going to use every platform <laughs> I can to... I was going to say, I don't think that was a theme of this episode at all, <laughs> one way or the other. But it's something that... It was a point that I felt compelled to make. Okay. I didn't mean to spend as much time on it as I did. What I really think a big part of this episode was about is college boys who like high school girls are gross. <laughs> I don't know if that was a theme of the episode, but it's definitely true. (laughs) It was very much a predator versus prey style of thing with the older boys and the younger girls. Yeah. Um, Which I thought thought was a very important message to get across in a show where the love interest for the main character is a vampire. I don't know if I so much agree with like the, your point behind this and like Twilight earlier, mm-hmm. but I do really think there's a huge contrast between Tom and Angel, mm-hmm. and it did a really good job showing the difference between someone who's manipulating someone to get what they want and someone who's looking for an honest relationship, platonic or romantic, out of someone. And like just because an older guy tells you that you're really mature for your age and is and says all of the things that you feel like you need to hear in order to get that he really gets you, like, it's quite conceivably could be a manipulation act. Even if he doesn't mean it to be. I think that, like, with Tom, obviously he was intentionally manipulating Manipulating Buffy. But I've dated older guys that I think were genuine in what they were trying to get across, but were 100% either incorrect or manipulative unintentionally. Because I was so young and so impressionable. And while they were young too, it doesn't change that that's the way that I was well I mean on the other end I can say for certain I said a lot of manipulative shit when I was in high school too because it's just I don't want to say it's like how we're wired but like it's like it's hard to look out for other people as people when you're still, you're still try- developing you're... and figure yourself out and yeah all like everyone talks about like all like the hormones and everything going on in high school like mm-hmm. it's just a mess yeah like you like you quite literally are going through so many things that you can't even tell who you are at times and I just think that that's huge and even though those boys were 21 22 they at that point had confirmed that they were bad people but they picked the young high school girls because it would be easy to manipulate and Mm -hmm. get to do what they want to do because they can't go after college girls because they've already grown past that experience hopefully in theory well, they're a little but, more confident, at yeah. least. Um, another one I put in there was don't lie to your parents or authority figures in your life. Obviously, I don't care about that at all. Obviously, lied to Giles, and Willow, as the best character of the episode, pointed out that you shouldn't do that. Agree to disagree. <laughs> I knew you weren't going to agree <laughs> with that one. Um, and then the last one I have, I wrote down don't drink, but I really wanted to That's emphasize that... don't drink with strangers. Yeah, I agree with that a lot. That's actually a really good theme to take away, is don't drink with strangers. 
especially if you're if you are underage, and mm-hmm. like, especially if it's like a new experience or if you're really out of your element, like at a or party if nobody no knows, knows where you are. Like yeah. Buffy lied to um, Giles, presumably to her mom, because Cordelia told her to. So I guess technically Willow and Xander knew where she was. Quite conceivably, no one was looking for her. Well, and I do think like as much as I don't agree with the idea of like it's automatically bad to lie to a parent or guardian or whoever, I do think that like honesty does breed safety. Like at least her friends knew where she was, so if trouble happened, she, something could be done about it obviously she couldn't have gone to the party if she just told giles i'm going to a party or her mom but at the same time if they knew she was there it would have been safer yeah if that makes sense well that one was like little to me i just wrote it down kind of as a throwaway because i knew you would be like (laughs) but the the don't drink with strangers one was a bigger thing for me because i don't condone breaking the law but like agree to disagree (laughs) but like obviously when i was underage i drank don't tell anyone But I don't know if you remember earlier, I said I didn't start drinking until I was 25. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but like, it's important to, to associate, like the thing that I was the biggest takeaway for me when I was younger, for everything really, but mainly for, you know, in, indulging in drinks or whatever, was like, be really aware of this environment that you put yourself in. Yeah. I was always at home or at a girl friend's house, a female friend's house. It was always me and a friend or two never boys never people i didn't know always and and honestly like i never got drunk (laughs) it was like the it was like the ooh split a warm beer because we're cool kind of a thing oh geez but like but it it was very important to just be really aware of that and to trust who you're putting your and that honestly that's true for adults too you want to make sure that your dd is someone you trust you want to make sure that you're always aware of who is handing you your drinks and things like that because adults can get roofied just as easily as children yeah if you're ever in a bar and you leave your drink have someone watch it yeah someone you trust yeah i actually do that i'm not even worried about getting roofied and every time i leave my drink at a bar i'm like hey please watch this yeah because it just it's dangerous and even if you're at a friend you trust's house with other people you don't know those other people you know and if it's someone that you think is cool you have to really question how well you know them before you can decide how much you trust them you know and oh every one does it it's not that big of a deal until it is that big of a deal you know right so that's a big takeaway i had and i thought it was interesting i think the reason that they didn't really hide that it was the frat boys who were doing the rituals and stuff because rich men performing rituals to get what they want isn't that far of a stretch from rich men manipulating and sacrificing the well-being of other people to get what they want (laughs) in like real life i guess so not saying that like all rich men kill women to become rich and powerful but i just feel like some of them do yeah well i no no, i think that that was the that was the blatant metaphor that they were going with you know so yeah it is kind of interesting that there was no twist or anything yeah they gave it to you right up front these are the bad people they're doing some bad shit which i hadn't really noticed was different than the norm when i watched it but you saying it it does stand out because that's just not the message it's not like the story here is watching how she fell into a trap Mm mm-hmm and being able to see both sides of the trap helps that helps get the message across in a way that like it wouldn't if she like if we just thought she was talking to a couple of frat boys and mm-hmm. then she went to their party and then it was like oh they're actually a cult right right that's everything i had for the analysis which actually is more than usual but what do you have anything no i always riff off what you say unless yeah. something really particular sticks out to me and the manipulation was the big one for me okay so cool uh so with that being said do you have any final thoughts yeah she just like cut that snake's tail off and it died. Yeah. Why did that kill it? 
Um, Immediately even. Like, like I could understand it bleeding out over a minute, but it just screamed and died. So here's my inference, which I am, I've always inferred this, but I don't really know why. Tom talks about how he's starving by the 10th day of the 10th month, and so they always feed him. So at this point, I feel like he's ravenous, which in my head, it's like, why wouldn't you just change it to be twice a year? But so that he's not starving, but whatever. Um, but he talks about how hungry he is, and so they have to sacrifice the girls, and then Buffy cuts him, and it causes him to cry out and hide, like, slink back into his hole, where I'm assuming he starved to death. I don't think he slunk back into his hole. He cried out in pain did. and collapsed on the floor right in front of him oh did he yeah well you even see the edge of his tail like bleeding out oh. on the floor when well, it pans back down and i got nothing i if you know why he died please send us a message. lazy writing is why he died <laughs> although i will say like there was clearly something important about that sword yeah because like they used it for all their rituals oh that's true and like so, so maybe I, it's and a magic she killed sword. him with that so i feel like that could have something to do with it but it was never explained so i don't accept that as an answer i stand by it just being lazy writing <laughs> also the, the song that was playing at the party also bopped did you look it up uh, those are my only final thoughts. Do you have any? Uh, I do not, I think. No, I think we covered everything for me. Um, cool. Uh, well, then did we get any listener messages? As a matter of fact, we did. We got what? two messages this week. That's actually super exciting. I know. After a dry spell, we got two messages off of Instagram. The first one comes from JB, whose tag is young and uncaffeinated. Sounds so tired. <laughs> JB wrote in to let us know that, well, first JB reached out to us when our episode was delayed to say if anyone got mad at us for having a delayed episode, they aren't a true Buffy fan. Never stress your content. You release it because it's your passion. Stay Sunny Slayer. And he set up this bump and I was like, yeah, which was cool. Thank you. Yeah. I was and- very stressed about not getting that episode out on time. <laughs> and then he uh, he said, my godfather passed away a few years ago now. He's who introduced mm. me to Buffy at age five and actually invited me to join the Buffy Facebook group where I found your podcast. I genuinely couldn't be more thankful getting to relive this show through Stosh's new viewer eyes. And you always end up saying what I'm thinking. So I feel represented as a longtime viewer. Oh, thank you. That's super sweet to hear. Yeah, I really liked I like that message. It meant a lot to me. So well, I'm glad I'm not alone in my thoughts out there. Plus, and, I I relate to that a lot when I listen to other podcasts. I'm like, that's exactly how I feel. So yeah. it's cool to know I'm doing that for someone else. Uh, and then we have a message from a, a re returning messenger. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> we have a returning messenger. Uh, Class Protector 99 messaged us again to let us know that there were a couple things we missed in school hard, and Uh-oh. actually, it was information that I. One thing I missed and one thing I didn't know. So I'm really excited about this. Number one, there was a comment made about how we've never seen Buffy play with a yo-yo, which I called out. Literally the episode right before School Hard, some assembly required, we see her sitting on a headstone in the graveyard playing with a yo-yo. So it has made an appearance before. Also... The, Zan- the items Xander pulls out of her purse are significant. The yo-yo is a child's toy. The tampon symbolizes maturity. And the stake is Buffy's adulthood. Ooh, I so like that. it represents all of the different parts of her. I like that a lot. They seem random, but given the theme of the season, which will become more apparent later, they are important. Which is a little bit of foreshadowing that I probably should have saved, but oh well. And then number two, we mentioned the title and how silly it was. But we didn't hard? discuss the meaning. Are we talking about school hard? Mm-hmm. Okay. The meaning of school hard, which I didn't know. I, I was like, I don't. I was just mad by not understanding it. So please tell me. They were wondering if you made the connection of Buffy crawling around in the vents like John McClane in Die Hard. 
Oh, shit. No, I've never seen Die Hard. School Hard. People are going to be mad at me for having said out loud. That's but. fine. School Hard, directly translating to Die Hard. So it's a reference to the movie Die Hard. Okay, that's cool. I respect it more now. Thank you. Yeah, and they said that that was it. They're loving the podcast. Looking forward to hearing our thoughts on the rest of season two. I'm looking forward to you hearing our thoughts. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So thank you both so much for messaging us and giving us that information. Yeah, thank you. Um, both the personal stuff and the factual stuff we love to hear both kinds of feedback we love to hear all feedback guys <laughs> please message us because we love it and i was in california uh this past week which is why some of our messages responses were delayed because i i check all of our messages so that stosh doesn't get any accidental spoilers um but i do try to get back as fast as possible so that was like a month ago as they're listening to this i'm sure they remember <laughs> yeah. how well, delayed your it, thing was i feel like it was a long time so that's okay. Anyway, if you would like to reach out to us again, or if anyone else would like to reach out to us, they can do so on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, or they can email us at jimscancelledpod at gmail.com. All our other handles do not have the S after Jim. Our email does. Yeah. And Stosh, if they're looking to get oh. a hold of you directly, where can they reach you? I mean, I guess I'm also on Twitter and Instagram, but <laughs> no one contacts me through those things. I also have a local Colorado band called Doomblade, and you can find us on Facebook and, and Instagram. But we do have a show coming up in October 21st in Littleton, Colorado. So any local listeners could show up to that. That'd be dope. It's literally if, two days after this episode. Perfect. Repairs. So if you want to see us, come out. It's two days notice. We'd love to you see you there. It. Jess, is there anywhere people can reach you? Yeah, if you are at all interested, you can find me on my bookstagram account on Instagram. It is tiaras.and.books, where I talk about a lot of fantasy and a lot of romance books and also tend to make a Buffy reference every now and then. So if you have any interest in reading, come check me out. I love making new friends. And I do follow back on my tiaras and books account for anyone, any bookish accounts that follow me, I follow back. So the next episode that we are watching is season two, episode six, Halloween. Halloween. Yes. Stash, do you have any predictions? Um, I predict that it will take place on Halloween. <laughs> Ooh, it's a bold claim for yeah. you to make. In 1997. The episode was released October 27th, 1997. So was Halloween in 1997 a full moon? Because that would be a great excuse for... <laughs> I don't know. I'll look it up. All right, look it up. Halloween 1997 moon phase. Moon phase on October 31st, 1997. There was 0% illumination from a waxing crescent moon. Oh, interesting. So that, that makes it a new moon, doesn't it? Whatever, that's the opposite of a full moon. So I predict no werewolves this episode. <laughs> That's ultimately ultimately what we're getting at here. All right. Any other predictions? Any characters you think might show up? Buffy, at the very least, will be in it. <laughs> yeah, it's a good safe bet. Yeah. No, I don't have any. All right. Anything good? Well, we will find out if your lack of predictions come true. <laughs> Uh, on our next I'm actually pretty confident about the werewolves not showing up. <laughs> Are you pretty con you're pretty confident that it's going to take place on Halloween? That yes. So we <laughs> will we will find out if you're correct when we review the next episode and until then stay sunny slayers. contact us on twitter tag your shit hashtag willow did nothing wrong it's a new movement yeah.
that will probably not consistently be the case. <coughs> well, I don't know anything about that. <laughs>